0: Welcome back to the Esports Forever Podcast. Today, I've got myself, Ryan Hebert, alongside Warren Arnold talking about League of Legends, more specifically the 2022 World Championship Series for League of Legends. Lucky for me, Warren Arnold here is a pro and keeps up with the League of Legends scene on a much higher level than myself. So, Warren, uh, you're going to be taking this one today. I I know that you are all things knowledgeable on league of legends so without further ado let me swap over here and we are now looking at the riot games page official like event results right now uh is is what we're clicking through so warren take us through worlds 2022 what's been going down i heard i heard north america did not do so good
1: yeah yeah well, we'll get to North America going, uh, going three and fifteen overall in the next stage. That was um, that was something, all right. Um, but yeah, so starting off, we had as usual the play-in groups. They introduced these a few years back. Give a, give some of the more minor regions, you know, Turkey, um, Brazil, places like that, Australia, uh, more chances to to compete in worlds in a setting that they could uh, that they could do. Um, some highlights out of plans. Uh Fnatic and d move move uh, moved on immediately going 4 and 1, 5 and 0. So they automatically advanced to gr- to the pl- to uh, group stage. Uh, they advanced to groups A and C. Okay. That- so we'll go over that once we get there. Uh EG actually made it out. So basically after we had Fnatic and d uh go and automatically advance to groups um we moving to play in knockouts now because unfortunately mega bank beyond gaming the chiefs isterus gaming and the dennis bank istanbul wildcats that's a name um that is a name that is a name turkey okay they're the turkey team ah gotcha yeah yeah so mega bank beyond gaming is taiwan the chiefs are oceania Uh, isterus gaming is latin america and the istanbul wildcats are from turkey so, unfortunately, they did not make it. Uh, so, moving now into play and knockouts, uh, okay. Detonation Focus Me, <laughs> um, who I keep putting in my predictions as a team that will one year from millions of years from now make it into group stages. Um, they beat Loud, who was the Brazilian representative. Uh, they did. I think Loud did pretty well in Valorant recently as well, which is you know it's a good it's a good start for their organization. Um, so. DFM beats Loud 3-1. Then Mad Lions beat the Saigon Buffalo uh, 3-1 as well. So with that, Saigon Buffalo and Loud immediately get eliminated. Moving on to round two. RNG beats DFM 3-1. And EG beats Mad Lions 3-0. That was not what I expected. Not what a lot of people expected. I think the results were uh, around... 80 something percent in favor of Mad Lions taking that series.
0: Yeah. Well, it and then like they, they just took it. didn't win at all. Mm.
1: It was it was it was a bad time for them. But uh, yeah. So with that, we had Fnatic, D-Rex, RNG and A G moving on to groups. Now moving into groups is where we get some really sad days. If you're especially if you're a North American fan, which at this point, well, I, I'm not anymore because I just can't. <laughs> Uh, so North America went three and 15, three and 18, sorry. Oh, three, you no, three and 15 overall. Each team went one and five. I don't even know. Biggest highlight out of that is that the flying oysters in group D from, um, Hong Kong, uh, Taiwan, appa- the Taiwan league, um, also went one and five, but they lost to G, So they placed above us. Good job, guys! We lost to the flying oysters. Woo! <laughs> um, but yeah, then basically the favorites. I'm gonna I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit. I had three perfect groups in worlds this year. I had three perfect groups. I had A, B, and D perfectly correct. Because yes, even I predicted the oysters doing better than North America. Ha! <laughs> um. Rogue, getting second. In group C over top esports, uh, cost me my perfect group. That's okay. I hate you for that one, Rogue. Um, but yeah. So, with that, uh, the pretty much the teams that everyone expected, with the exception of Rogue getting out above top esports, you know, Korea, Korea, Korean, <laughs> Korea, all four Korean teams now for the second year in a row now, uh, made it out of groups, which is, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, most everyone that I've talked to kind of expected it. At this point, it's just something you expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with that, JDG, first seed from China, um, beats out One Kia, which, uh, you know, close matches, but at the end of the day, JDG was just better. Uh, EDG, no, Edward Gaming, high can now. Okay, sure. EDGH um, lost to T1. Uh, it's T1, and Faker is looking like Faker again instead of, you know, the man we saw in 2017 when he got 3-0'd and started crying. Sad day, but, you know, it happens.
0: Damn.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so with that, basically, T1, EDG, JDG, Dom1Kia, D-Rex, and Rogue, somehow. Thanks, Rogue. You somehow. do this to me. Somehow. Yeah, somehow. I, it was a good run from them. Not, not, not you know, disparaging them or anything, but... I wasn't really expecting it. Uh, then Gen G and RNG. So very standard, 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 standard uh, movements from what I, from what most people here at school and on the league team here uh, have been, have been going with. Uh, fun fact, if, um, if top beat rogue, it would have been four Korean teams versus five, uh four Chinese teams, which would have been, I think the first time ever. Wow. Yeah, I mean that would have been funny but that's okay. We get more Koreans and a uh, European team. So, now moving on to the knockouts. Um just right uh, right off the bat JDG 3-0s Rogue. There's been some debate about that series in general. Okay, why is that? Well, because Rogue had two of the games in their hand basically and then they just said, "Here. Take it, take it, Serious, Take it. Gotcha. And, and they basically threw. They threw. I think. Don't quote me on this exactly. It was around the ten or twelve k gold lead. That's in, a, that's a in, big throw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they lost like four or five team fights in a row, basically, which is wow. sad. Um, but yeah, and with that, JDG uh, beat Rogue, which is you know, I mean. <sighs> I want to say it's expected because it's kind of what I expected. Okay. There's nothing bad about the rogue team themselves and their roster. Very good team. Very good European team. They, I think were, I think they were actually second seed. They were either first or second seed out of Europe this year. So, I mean, you know, very good domestic team showing up at worlds and uh curse of NA. Ha ha ha. Get wrecked. Um, but yeah. So they get 3-0. Uh then then in the second quarter final which I was So in Pick'em's this year they had T1 and RNG in the fi- in the second quarter final. I was like one of the 15 or so percent that chose RNG to win. Unfortunately, they got 3-0. Um but as I said uh, a minute or two ago Faker's been playing like Faker again, which is I mean, it's 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 scary. It's
0: Not a big to mention, deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Faker uh, being basically my age now, or older actually, um, playing like that is amazing. Not to mention the rest of the roster, you know, Gumi, Yushi, Zeus, uh, Owner, and Karia. The main main five are just, they're all extremely, extremely talented. Are you suggesting that a player in their mid-20s is is out of touch? Yes. Yeah, he's not 18 anymore. It's true. Let me actually look up and make sure that I'm getting Finker's age right. He is 26. Wow. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He's close. to He's like eight days away from my birthday. Right. I forgot. Um. Yeah. So he's, he's getting up there, uh, being one of the oldest players, not the oldest player uh, at Worlds this year. That that one we'll get to soon. Uh, when in get a, in a nice story because uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. But yeah, T one three RNG. Sad times. Both rosters extremely good, but RNG was just they just weren't playing. They just weren't playing to their strengths that day. Well, they gave up then. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, they they did give up. Yeah,
1: they're they're doing what their names is. They don't. So, you know, man, sometimes (laughs) sometimes your ADC can't carry everything. Yep. Uh, Third one now, Gen G and Dom one. Much closer game than I think the majority of people expected. Gen G is the first seed out of Korea, and Dom One was third. Like no oh, one expected. Fire. Yeah. Well, welcome to welcome to quarterfinals when four Korean teams fight, fight off, face face off. True. Very true. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Gen G wins three wins three two. But they weren't looking like they were looking in groups or in LCK Spring, when they went 18 and one or something in regular season play, then came to groups and went six and one. This game against Domon, and I mean Domon's very good. They're both very, very good rosters. But once we get to quarterfinals, if you're both not playing at you know how you at the peak of your roster like you've been playing, there's going to be a problem. I mean, you know it. I know it. We all know it. Like, if you cannot play in peak con- performance at quarterfinals of Worlds especially, it's going to start getting rough. And it got really rough there for a few games because D- One almost got the reverse sweep off. It was – if that reverse sweep actually happened, it was going to be extremely weird. weird. That would have been a major upset. Almost as bad as the top esports now make. That's okay. I'm going to keep harping on that one, by the way. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Gen G barely wins and uh, they advance to semis. Now, fourth game Edward Gaming versus DRX. How do I even describe this? DRX has a player. His name's Deft. Deft is someone who's been around for as long as Faker and all that deft is also 26 he is the oldest player at worlds this is what this is the thing with deft is he always says or people always saying well he's just not performing like you know like he used to anymore and i mean yeah that's going to happen after playing competitively for as long as he has been playing you know since season 2 or 3 right i mean sure people are still people we're not robots we don't have cybernetic arms yet um but yeah, Deft. This is this one is supposed to be his la- his last Worlds, and I say that in quotes because anytime it, it's been said it's his last Worlds. Well, this is the fourth time they've said it's his last Worlds. <laughs> so I mean, D- EDG was up 2-0. and I mean again, both rosters extremely talented, but in the, at the end of the day, uh, there's just a difference when you can see. I, with my team uh, in, in collegiate, I talk about, you know, drive and wanting something more than the other people. You know, if you, if you literally want something more than the other team, when game day comes, it doesn't matter if they're higher ranked or anything like that. All that matters is that you go out there and you play like you know you can win. And Yamato Cannon, who's the coach right now, a fanatic, has said this before as well. If you just go out there and play like you can win and play with confidence, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day you could win. And at the end of the day that is what happened. DRX completed the reverse sweep and they beat EDG. Like it was it was certainly something to uh to see. It was it it was mind-blowing because I was watching the entire series. It was a long series but it was it was mind-blowing. Oh yeah. Um but yeah. So with that DRX moves on. And uh now, now we're at uh we're at pick up we're at uh semifinals, which is, you know. It's gonna be interesting. I'm looking right now at at uh, at Pick'em's, which is giving an eighty two percent win rate to T one over JDG and an eighty three point <laughs> one to Gen G over D R X. Now am I in the boat? For which one am I in the boat for? I am on the Gen G and T1 side because seeing those two teams fight in finals would make me happy. Now, that being said, I want after seeing how much you know DRX and Deft wanted a world championship, because keep in mind this man's been playing as long as Faker. Faker has three world championships. Deft has none. He's never gotten a world championships. I think he's only he's only he's only like completed like spring split and summer split mm-hmm. like in first a few times like a lot less than Faker Faker or, fake or something's that like, you know, probably somewhere around 10 or 11 double digit crap like that. And I don't know, seeing how much he wants it, I kind of want him to win. But at the same time, I picked Gen G for my for my crystal ball. So kind of biased uh, community says that. T1 and Gen G are going to be the ones to um to uh to go to finals and well it's pretty split about 50-50 once we get there on who's going to win there that but um but yeah T1 JDG I like JDG I think T1's going to win and again Gen.G should in theory if they play like Gen G, they should win
0: should is a dangerous word Warren. Dangerous yeah. word because it's not. It's there's no certainty with that. Should I, I <laughs> like the word, but it it never always turns out as should. Yeah, we could we could have another reverse sweep. Oh boy, it's true. We could we could indeed we could indeed. Well, wow what a what a whirlwind there, Warren. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, for thank you for that. You know, Br- brief run through brief run through of. <laughs> of worlds of this year. So many great players, so many, uh, old, like a good, sounds like there's a good range of older and younger players that are represented. And when I say that, I'm talking about like what? 17 to 26, 16 to
1: 26. Yeah.
0: Or is there a minimum age of 18?
1: I think it's no, I, Oh God, hold on. Let me see. I think it's 18. Yeah. Uh, you
0: know, I, I feel like it probably is too, but you never know. You never know.
1: Um, got that uh it seems 17 so 17 17 to
0: 26 so you've got a nine-year gap between some of the players uh and you know this is just what it is now the really cool thing about players overseas especially in china and korea is that those countries literally will educate children from a young age on becoming pro esports players this is a thing that occurs overseas specifically for these types of tournaments. How do I know this? There have been articles and, and, and different pieces of media put out about how kids are literally trained from a young age to, to, to be able to play these games. However, what's really interesting is that select kids get to do this while many other kids in, in these parts of the world... Are highly restricted on what they're actually allowed to play, on how much time they're allowed to play per day. Many governments around the world believe that the playing of video games, especially games like League of Legends, are harmful and dangerous to the youth of of the world, and that's because of the addicting nature of video games in general. And League of Legends is no, you know, no better example of a game where you know a kid really like in high school even middle school starts playing hops on with friends starts to get pretty good it's an addicting cycle of you know it just one more game just one more game just one more game league games are not short okay they try to make them short they and for a little while they were but once again i find them slipping back into that 40 plus minute range from time to time they're in the 20 to 30 minute range but my goodness, uh, you know, there are still too many games that I find, especially at lower levels as well, where it should not be the case. But but it is, where games still go 40 plus minutes. 40 plus minutes times 6. 40 plus minutes times 10 or more. And then, boom, your entire day is gone. And instead of that kid going out and being a productive member of society they've just been mindlessly playing as a, you know maybe a few champions in league of legends now i for one don't think video games are harmful in fact there are plenty of studies and there was just an article done recently about how the effects of video games for players on impulse control and just mental capabilities actually improve it's you know it's a great brain activity to be able to play these strategy games and league of legends is one of those games where at the start you don't really have a lot of those big strategies but as you start to play the game more and more, you realize there's a micro and then macro scale you know, type goals, a.k.a. laning phase and then game phase, right? Laning phase is usually for the first 20 minutes of the game. After about 20, 25 minutes, the game phase takes over where the macro objectives on the map, so, such as the dragon, Rift Herald, or the Baron. Rift Herald is before 20 minutes, obviously, but you get my point. Um, the game goes from uh, I'm facing my opponent to i This is a team game, and I am facing another team with my team, and in order to win, we must follow these objectives in order to (laughs) defeat them, period, period. It's a great activity for the brain. It's a good time, but then again, League of Legends, still, addictive game. I I, I mean, I had friends in high school. I wouldn't even call them really friends (laughs) because literally all they did was go to school, hate school, Yep. go home, not do homework, play League of Legends all night instead, come back the next day. I'd sit in class and I'd be next to these kids and the teachers would say, where's your homework? And they go, oh, I didn't do it. And the teacher would go, well, why not? And they go, I didn't feel like it. It's like, no, you were probably, I know what you were doing. You were playing, for, uh, not Fortnite, but League of Legends all night
1: close enough (laughs) yeah
0: exactly you were playing league all night like that that's what you were doing you chose to play league instead of actually you know doing some other educational type work there is a careful balance to be had and you know parents who are able to get that delicate balance great good for them for the parents who just let it go let it happen my goodness um these League of Legends pros are, are not a good example of that. For those of you who may not be aware on what it is to train like an esports athlete, much of the time it's similar to that of a regular athlete. A workout schedule, mental, you know, mental health routine, eating well, sleeping well, getting other priorities in life set and done as well. I mean, it's it is a full-on like test of of you, your character and your stamina. Players who do not Keep up with themselves. Players who did not keep up with other aspects of life will soon find that you know that stuff will infringe upon playtime and even playing on a team. Most teams <laughs> in collegiate schools and and high schools in general, your participation is dependent upon you keeping up other aspects of your life in check. You your grades slip, your grades fall, you're you gone. get kicked off the team. You're gone yeah. because you there are priorities in life other than playing League of Legends, but there is that pro of listen you keep up with your life you keep everything good you get to play league of legends on this on this pro team right and so in real life these players who get you know who get paid whatever they get paid from pro not as much as you know Tyler 1 streaming but uh they they definitely get paid a pretty penny um depends on who you are <laughs> exactly exactly these players you know they they say that you can lose like a lot of weight and like just by sitting on a computer playing League Two, the amount of like the amount that you sweat and the amount that you yeah. stress. I mean, the there's a reason why so many esports players that you see are like super lanky, skinny dudes. Because they are so into what they're doing that they're literally like losing weight because of the amount of focus and like tension in their body that they're putting into the game. And so many of these players, even chess players, talk about how you know, for a chess tournament, you've got to eat. You've got to sleep well because your mental stamina throughout the day will decline if you do not take care of yourself. And, you know, players talk about how, how much weight that they've lost because they were literally sitting at their computer or sitting at the table playing that game for so long.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more than just sitting there. And I, I know this might scare a few people. It's a lot more than sitting there and playing for 12 hours a day. As Ryan said, there's a lot you have to keep in check. And it's not just playing for those 12 hours a day. <coughs> it's in reality, it's playing for like eight hours a day because we've sort of moved away from that 12 hour a day mark once we started, to see over the years and with these... Um, with these, you know, starting starting pro players, like some of the first pro players, like I'll use Uzi as an example. Uzi, great, great Chinese eighty carry, used to be the like all star for RNG, multiple time world's, uh, world's like top four semifinalist player, made finals a time or two as well. He can't play anymore because it started to fit the playing The schedule he was on was extremely rigid. He actually has had to have physical therapy to be able to walk right again. Mm. It was it was insane. Like these, some of these people who are just kids <laughs> are doing this. And the same thing with StarCraft and what that used to be with the Korean team houses, 12 hours a day. It's a lot more than that. It's now I mean, now it's down to like six to eight hours a day because we've, we've started to realize with the help of sports psychologists and nutritionists, mental health therapists everything like that we've started to realize that we're actually like some of these people who've been doing this since you know 16 14 15 16 years old at a top level like there's a guy in challenger right now in league of legends who's 15 what's he doing (laughs) I i mean i know i'm on my soapbox here and i'll stop in a minute but but um yeah. No, it's a lot more than that. It's, it's practicing with purpose. It's practicing with goals in mind. So you're not just mindlessly going, well, I lost this one. I guess I'm just going to key up with another one. No, it's not just that. You have to actually go in. You have to analyze your replays. You have to think about what you could have done better as you not worry a bit worrying about the other four pet rocks you have on your team if you're still at <laughs> that area. Because I know some people who sit around and go, I could be insert rank here but mm-hmm. i'm really bronze because of the four other people and then i and then i say to them well what are you doing and then they say seven things in a row that they that they're doing wrong or something like that and yes. that's where the practicing with purpose comes from you have to you have to actually have a plan you can't just go i'm going to play 12 hours a day and i'm going to go for it and i'm going to be a pro no you aren't you just aren't you're
0: right practicing with purpose setting goals i mean you know keeping these metrics in mind it's it's incredibly important as if you don't have a place to go then once you set off you're just on an endless journey of i guess endless possibility but at the same time you're you're not going to get to somewhere you're not if you don't set if you don't set a destination you're just aimlessly wandering and i feel like you know aimlessly wandering in queue is I've done it. Other people have done it. I mean, it's, it's definitely there. It's definitely there. I can, you know, I can tell you in times where I have set out to reach a higher rank in league of legends, you set the goal, right? My goal was, I'm going to get to gold. You know, I set that goal. Did it take me a lot of time and a lot of playing? Yes. Did I reach it? I got really close. I got the silver promos and then I had other stuff in my life that took precedence. And so that was that. But with the time that I took to actually do that and setting that goal and, you know, practicing with purpose and, you know, setting reasonable goals for myself in order to get there, I mean, that was great. That was good. I I could say that that was effective as opposed to just casually playing like I do right now. I'm sitting in bottom of silver just, like, chilling. Not bronze, at least. It's not bronze, at least. True. And it's not iron either, right? So... We're not at the bottom of the barrel, right? Because that that that's a rusty bottom right there. <laughs> rusty. Rusty, rusty, rusty. But, yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. League of Legends world, folks. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of hype. You know, as as with any pro sport and with top-level players, and Warren and I have both seen this in League, StarCraft, and and Pokemon, too, you look at top-level play and you're like, wow, that looks so easy like I could do it. And then you don't even realize the, the level of play that these players are, are playing at. You know, I've, Warren and myself here have sat through multiple different Pokemon World Championships where we're sitting there like, wow, these are such obvious plays. But in order to get to that point in the tournament where you're in semifinals, even finals, making these calls that seem like they're so simple, it requires the utmost strategy and complete like understanding of the metagame and how your team works and the same has to be said for league of legends except for the fact that with league of legends there is a metagame always and there are outliers to that metagame that get picked so you've got to know what your champion does to a minute scale right because there are always tips and tricks and things that pop up with you know different quirks that pop up every time they decide to update the game you never know and then you've got to do that for other champions as well you've got to understand how other champions work too uh so that you don't fall victim to let's say uh you know just putting yourself out there to Xerath ult, right you're super low zerth has ult it's later in the game and you're like ah oh, just kill my opponent's team boom all of a sudden zerth starts ulting out of the blue it's like ah oh, crap <laughs> I left myself open to that, and sometimes you don't have a choice, and sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. Uh, other times, Lucian. Ult, let's say, let's say you're standing in front of a Lucian in mid lane. It's later in the game, and you're like, "Oh, I got this." You're like half health. All of a sudden, Lucian starts unloading his alt on you, and it's like, "Oh my god, what am I, what am I doing? What's going on?
1: You're dying. That you're, ult does a
0: ton. You're dying. That ult does do a ton." Same could be said for many other champions as well. You got to put yourself in favorable positions at a high level state of play in order to see the success that you're looking for. Otherwise, ain't going to turn out. Well, ain't going to turn out. Well, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say, but yeah. Hey, Warren, thank you so much for taking the time today to explain worlds for us. Uh, kind of just do a quick run through of how teams did that sort of stuff. Sad to see N.A. not go further this year. As Tyler once said, uh, he he renounces North America. He's no longer uh, from North America. And he (laughs) says that all teams that, that went to North America should, you know, take their tail between their legs and never show their faces again. They should dump their entire rosters completely and start anew. So with that thank you so much for watching the esports forever podcast today if you like this video leave a like subscribe comment down below be sure to keep listening in on our podcasting platforms and drop us a follow on there to keep up with the latest episodes until next time my friends we're out